This is a Soulfire production. Y'all, I am oh, I am so excited for this episode. As you know, the show is mostly just me ranting. And so today is a extra special treat because we have my incredible friend and psychic medium, Emily Green, on the show. And many of you know her already. She's been on the show a few times already. I post about her all the time. I've been a part of all of her Spirit Babies programs. I've worked with her one-on-one for years. And I'm just so thrilled you get to hear this conversation because you'll really hear the way Emily was a support system for us during our pregnancy and IVF journey, as well as birth. And she is just such an incredible guide and she is so connected. It is mind boggling. I just, I can't believe how skilled she is and just the the relationship she has cultivated with spirit and the universe and her willingness to really trust and let go and allow herself to fully become the biggest, brightest version of herself which is so impactful on the thousands of people that she works with. So cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. And just so you know, it is officially live. Her book, A Cosmic Bond, Communicating with Your Spirit Babies from Preconception to Birth is live. You can pre-order it now and then um, you can do the regular ordering depending on when you're listening to this. The link will be in the show notes. But if you are listening to this right now, the month of May, you can pre-order and I highly recommend it because I already read it and there may be a little something, something from me as well as our birth story in the book, which is so cool that we get to be a part of this. I know this book is going to impact so many people. So without further ado, here is my bestie, Emily. Oh my God. she's back baby you're back you're back we're both back we're both back i feel like we've both been like hiding the last year (laughs) yes i have too except i didn't have a baby or i was was just writing a book i was just writing a book but you you, yeah you were birthing a baby just not a human baby but you were also helping everyone else have babies exactly exactly yes so thanks for that Thanks for helping me have a child. Oh you were like God. the third partner in my relationship. I, I feel like that sometimes. So it's like, you know, people are like, you you helped this all happen. I'm like, yeah, I'm I just I'm not I'm not I make I'm the spiritual doula. You're the spiritual yeah. doula. I like that. That's fun. Can we talk though about the energy last year? I feel like a lot of people were hibernating, like big voices, people with platforms, people with a lot to say many of the women in my friend group, I feel like there was some shift happening where we had to step back to birth, whatever, whether it was a human or work or book. Yeah. What what, what was going on? I noticed that too. I noticed that too. You know, I think 2022 was, I mean, for me certainly was kind of like coming out of the shitstorm vortex of the previous two years and kind of trying to, like, I think a lot of people had really intense adjustments about just sort of like what they wanted for their life and new things that they wanted to bring into the world and had to take a hot minute to kind of almost like ground themselves into what do I actually want to do? What am I actually doing here? What do I actually want to create? Like, who am I actually? You know, I feel like it was a really um, deep, deep year for trying to have a new understanding of who we are in this new reality really it certainly was for me as well it was like a very 
it was very much an alignment year and a hibernation year for sure. I noticed that too for myself and many people, many, I mean, I had so many people I was working with last year who were just brought to their knees in desperation and confusion in just in everything. So I definitely saw that and found that with a lot of people. I think it was just like really had to take a second to reorient. Um, and so many things died in the previous two years. So many relationships died. I had so many relationships and friendships and, you know, take on new meanings, old projects that just had to shut down. I couldn't do them anymore. New things wanted to come out of me. So yeah, it was real. Yeah. You know, so much of me bringing this show back and the new iteration of all of this is this idea of reinvention and things needing to die things burning to the ground, starting over, reprioritizing. Obviously, motherhood brings that out in a whole new way. Uh, Identity shifts around that. But I feel like you've been going through that the last few years. And on the other side of that, really deeply understanding your purpose, which is part of why this book has come through you. But what has that process been like of the death and rebirth cycle that seemingly comes for you kind of over and over again? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's truly. I think for it's you so too. It's so fun, right? That's yeah, the answer. Oh yeah, it's always. <laughs> I know. I was like, I saw this funny thing at the end of 2022. It was like, can I sign up for the the not, whatever the not death and rebirth package is? Like, I don't want that one. I will opt out of that one. I'll take um, a VIP ticket to that yes, one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, for so many, for so many years in my work, like, I think I was really just figuring it out as I go, as I went, which I think a lot of people probably could say that, you know, it was just sort of like, I know I have these abilities and I'm sort of just figuring out what's the best way to apply them and what's the best way to sort of give them to the world. And for many years, it was just sort of like, well, if you have these sort of abilities, this is just sort of what you do. You could do this and you could do that. And so I just kind of, you know, was really copy pasting based on what was sort of the mainstream idea of when you have abilities like this or when you have, you know, purpose to serve in a certain way, this is kind of how you could do it. And so I was just doing it that way. And somewhere along the line, you know, I think really probably this started to happen for me, like at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, I started to really feel this. It came to an extreme head sort of mid 2020, late 2020. Um, But I think what it was is sort of like, is this actually the way that I want to be working? Like, is this actually the way I want to be serving people? And the answer was just a resounding no. And so I really had to find a way to sort of navigate out of the work that I had created because so many people kind of wanted to keep me in that little, you know, they wanted me to work with them in that way. They were like, I want you in this way. And so, and this works for me. So I'm going to kind of continue to like pull you back in. And some of that I have to take responsibility for, right? Because someone would be like, I'd be like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this type of reading. I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And then people would be like, hey, can I have this? And I'd be like, absolutely, sure. You know, just like continue to kind of sabotage myself and continue to do the things that I said that I wasn't going to do anymore or do the kind of work that I said that I wasn't going to do anymore until at a certain point, I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just exhausted and so burnt out. And I just felt like my work had sort of taken over my life and I was just sort of this bystander being kind of pulled around from direction to direction, kind of just allowing everyone else to dictate what was going to come next from me. And so at a certain point, I really had to just, I mean, sort of take control and also surrender. It's sort of this interesting dichotomy of both of those things. And 
I kind of was just like, what next? You know, what do I do next? And what came out was, well, you're you're supposed to help families. And this is the this is the most important time that you could ever be doing this kind of work. And of course, the stuff, the work that I had been doing with conscious conception and spirit baby work had always sort of been in the background, but it wasn't in the forefront at all. It was definitely not the main focus of what I was doing. And so that kind of that shift started to happen at the end of 2019, where it was like, this is, you know, this was coming kind of through my intuition where this is what needs what you need to focus on next. And I had a lot of resistance to that. And I think that I got that reflected back to me in many ways, because people are like, who are you to do that? You know, you're not a mom, or you're not a parent, or what do you know about this, which, which I anyway, I'll come back to that. I got some really cool kind of clarity on like what my answer to that question is. But I really yeah, I had to re I just had to reorient, I had to be willing to let the previous kind of expression of my work go. And even when I felt like it was like, oh, I really don't want to say no to this person. And they're asking for this work from me in this certain way. And I just had to, I mean, I got so good, so good at saying no, even when it didn't, I mean, most of the time it felt incredibly uncomfortable, but, and then, and then this kind of through that process, that birthing process, this new sort of expression of my work was born. And then the book started, you know, knocking at my door and asking to be written. And that was a whole other story, but yeah, it was, um, it was. It was it was a process, and I'm very happy to have some sort of degree of stability, and also just feeling really excited by the work that I'm doing every day. So, yeah, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I want to get into the book and all things spirit babies and conscious conception, but I want to ask this question because I feel like I've been wanting to ask you this for a hot minute, <laughs> and I never have for some stupid reason. But here we are. Why not do it now? Why not? Okay, you're the best medium period. I'm biased. I know, but that's how I feel. And you're so connected. You're able to see things for people. You're able to really in. So my question is, how do you do that for yourself? Can you do that for yourself when you're a fucking hot mess and disaster? And you're like, what's happening? I don't understand. I need to talk to so-and-so. Are you able to do that for yourself? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that and this is what I what I teach on and what I'll teach my students and things like this is that I think that we I think my what I will say before I answer this question is that my belief on this has really kind of changed over the years. If you had asked me this maybe three years ago, I would say, well, I can't tune in for myself. It's impossible. I can't get neutral enough to sort of answer my own questions or kind of figure out my own bullshit as easily as I can figure out other people's stuff. But that's changed now. And I think a lot of that has come from my ability to do something that I call getting getting neutral with myself, where, you know, of course, I have my mind or my ego has sort of ideas of how it wants things to go in my life. And it's sort of like, if I go and ask this question, or, you know, go to inquire about a certain topic, I want to hear XYZ answer, I want it to come back in a certain way, right. And that's like the mind, the ego that sort of wants to have things go in the way that it wants to go. And I think what I really had in order to get to the point where I could receive kind of clear information for myself was I had to get to the point where I was going to be okay with whatever the answer was that came back as even if I didn't like it. And I often don't like it. It's often like, what the fuck? Why? You know, why? I don't want to do that. That's so uncomfortable for me in, in every way. And so I, but I think that takes like, that took me a long time to get to that point where I'm going to be okay, whatever it is that the answer that comes back. And when I got to that point more and more, as I started to tune in for myself and ask questions, um, 
you know, such as like this, this is one of the things that there's, I've been working through. I'll kind of use it as an example right now is it feels really scary for me to, to, you know, put just, we're kind of talking around the book, but I put so much into this book and it's really, it is like kind of like a baby and I'm sort of like starting to present it to people and like see what they think and all this kind of stuff. And one of the biggest things that I'm nervous about is, you know, I've had a lot of friends who have published books and then like you go and read the reviews and it's like, God, people are so fucking mean, you know, like there's, there's so, there's so many horrible reviews. People are like, I like the book, but I hated when she talked about like this, 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 and this, and this, and then give the one star review. So I had to really kind of work through, like, you're going to get some bad reviews. And that's just going to be what it's going to be. And so I went to tune in on that of like, you know, at first the question was sort of like, am I going to get bad reviews? I really don't want them. You know, I'm, I'm like really scared to put this out there. And, and, and the answer just came back of like, you just, people are, you have to be okay with being misunderstood basically. And, and no matter what you do, no matter how clearly you say it, how lovingly you present it issue no matter how whatever you're there's still a huge opportunity for you to be misunderstood and you really can't control that and so my, my ego hated that answer I wanted to hear you're not going to get bad reviews this book is airtight you're not going to be misunderstood everybody's going to understand you and it's all going to be beautiful so i think i really had to get to the point where i was okay i was neutral enough to receive the answer whatever it was whether i liked it consciously or whether it was actually what i needed to hear so yeah, that's how that's that's how that's gone. And I do believe that everybody can get to that point where you're neutral enough with yourself and, and your life, or even if you kind of have to get yourself into the process of neutrality, because of course, like, if you really want something to happen, if you really want something to come in for you to your world, if you want to have a child, if you want to have a child at a certain time, if you want, you know, to get a promotion at work, if you want to have a raise, like, of course, you want those things. And so I think it's just momentarily getting neutral enough to receive like, yeah, I want this, but I, I'm willing to receive the the information that's available for me on this, whether I like it or not, basically. So mm. I think everybody can can get to that point. It just takes uh, practice, really. Yeah, yeah, I love that so much. Um, yeah, I've been wondering for so long, like, how do you navigate that when you're <laughs> as talented as you are and so connected? Um, yeah. So this idea of conscious conception, I never knew anything about this until you. And I didn't know anything about spirit babies until you. I didn't know you could talk to the souls of your children. I didn't know you could call them in. Just all of these these concepts and ideas were so foreign to me. And I remember hearing you talk about this more and more. And I started coming to your spirit babies events. I've been to so many of them. I've sat on panels with you talking about conscious conception while I was pregnant last year. And the more I have learned about it and the more I've personally experienced it, the more powerful I now realize that this whole thing is. And I think that there are people and and skeptics and there's always going to be skeptics, which I actually love skeptics because it allows for a really powerful conversation of what is conscious conception and talking to the spirit or spirits of your babies. What does that actually mean? What does that look like? And what impact can that have? Because this isn't something that most people are doing, right? And we've talked about this a lot. There are so many people who are dealing with fertility issues and miscarriage, and there's so much that goes into that. But for someone who's just new to this and is asking, like, this sounds kind of odd, what would you say about conscious conception and speaking to your spirit baby and or the spirit of your baby and what that can do for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Great question. So I believe that we're really in a time on the planet where, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, like when our parents were being born, that was a very different world. You know, there, there I mean, I'm sure there were some people who were consciously, you know, conceiving at that time, but they would have been in the rare minority. You know, it really was just as simple as like during that time for a variety of different reasons of just like, oh, oopsie, you know, I got pregnant, whoops. And then just, you know, having a baby. And and there was kind of this very almost like mechanical element. I know, especially for like my parents in their early lives, it was like, like for my dad, he's one of five. It was just like pump out as many children as you can in order to like run the farm. You know, that was just what it was. Like children were really seen as um, like uh, a means to an end to support the family lineage or to support the family business or whatever. My dad started working for his family business, you know, when he was like nine years old. And that was just normal. So I think that we've had a a really kind of large change in how we interact with the idea of bringing a child into this world and how we treat those children while they're here. I mean, that has just massive change in the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, especially. And so I think if we just look at that sort of stark difference between when our parents were born to, you know, when we were born, and then now we're having children at this time, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why there's been such an intense changing of how we're interacting with our children and conceiving our children in those times. Now, a lot of it is that this planet has, since that time, has gotten increasingly toxic. And many people's bodies are struggling to struggling with the process of, you know, what I call physical fertility challenges, where this is actually like there are things that are going on that are preventing somebody from from getting pregnant or that are preventing someone from staying pregnant for a variety of different reasons. You know, there's in the book, I mean, I had to go into all the research and all the studies on all of that. And of course, I'm not like a scientist, but you know, you can look at it and you can see, okay, there's something going on here physically for both men and women that is affecting our fertility. And then I think we can look at it in the book. I kind of look at it from two different perspectives. So I look at it from something called physical fertility challenges, which is, you know, there are physical problems. Maybe a person has low egg reserves or there's low sperm motility and morphology and all these things that I've had to learn about. It's super fun, actually, that that can affect fertility. And then there's energetic fertility challenges, which is these are more energetic or kind of spiritual factors that may prevent conception or alter the conception process. So those are just two things that I'll come back to. And then from the actual kind of like the conscious conception definition. You know, I I define this in the book and someone might define it differently, but to me what that looks like is really looking to make a relationship and to make a connection with the soul of your child preconception to support this child and yourself through the pregnancy process, through the birth process and through this child's entire life. I really believe that there's a huge value and and beauty in starting this connection early and starting to have an understanding of, you know, who is the soul that's about to come into the body of my child and what are they here for and what are they going to do while they're here? And what's, you know, what are the the foundational pieces of their personality? What is, what are their, what are they going to need extra support on while they're here? All of these things that I feel are are so valuable to know ahead of time. And I think that there's a lot of different reasons why it's valuable. I mean, one of the things that I think about often, of course, as I'm not a mom yet, but I'm sure Kelly, you can attest to this, 
is that when your child gets here, you hit the ground running. I mean, it's just like, it is, it is, it's full time, baby. It's full time. It's insane. <laughs> it's, right. Like you don't have time to be like necessarily, I mean, I'm sure you find time as time goes on, but you don't always have time to be like, what does my child's soul need right now? And, you know, and, and of course, like, hopefully that can be more of a, a process as, as they get older and this sort of thing. But especially in those first couple of years, I mean, you're just, and especially as a first time parent, you're just figuring things out. You're, it's, it's, it's full time. So I think that having access to this understanding and this kind of reminder of your child's divinity and their magic really before they get here really just allows for a, a softer and more gentle integration of your child into your world you know, just a maybe more confidence for the parents of sort of like, this is how I need to care for them. This is what they need. And, you know, this is how they eventually want to be educated and the things that they're going to need to or want to take into their bodies and so on and so forth. So I really just feel that conscious conception is creating a relationship with the soul of your child ahead of time. However, ahead of time, you get to do that. Some people only come online to this like while they're pregnant or right before birth or you know, some people are, are onto it like two years before they conceive. It really doesn't matter when you find it or when you kind of come online to this concept. But I think that uh, it can support the journey of somebody either trying to conceive or somebody who is currently pregnant or about to have a child so much. And I've seen it time and time again. I have like so many stories in the data bank of my mind of people who started this connection and how it actually truly served them physically and in supporting their children. So that probably differs from maybe other definitions of conscious conception, but that's sort of the way I relate to it or why I think it's so important. That's so good. I want to get into some things that happened for me that speak to what you just shared. Yeah. As we're preparing for babies to come in. And some things that Connor and I did. So we knew we had to do IVF and there was a lot of preparation around that physical, emotional, spiritual, and as Western medicine as IVF is, unfortunately, I really tried to infuse as much of my spiritual side into it as I could, which really meant calling on you and leaning on you for all of your incredible guidance of how to do that. And one of the things that I think I did really well even amidst taking so many hormones and feeling like a crazy person, was really listening, really being available to listen to that baby. And I remember specifically, we had chosen a date to do our transfer. And I kept hearing that the baby wanted to be born in 2022. I kept hearing it. And Connor and I had a calendar, though, and it was like we had this agreed upon date of, OK, we're going to get pregnant now so that we have the baby at this time. And I just kept being like, you know what? I don't want to make him do something he's not comfortable with. But I just kept hearing and hearing and hearing. And then one day he came to me out of the blue and looked at me and said, why are we waiting? I want to move it up. And I was like, oh, really? It was like this baby wanted to come through, like, I guess, Roe. Roe wanted to come through so badly that she came to me and I was like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. So she went to dad and was like, yo, bro, <laughs> like we have to do this. Can you can you just speak to that part of the importance of actually being available to hear the spirit yes. talk to you and guide you? Yes. Oh, it's so good. That's such a good question. And, you know, it's interesting, like just the uh, I'm sure like in how each you and Connor kind of received that 
information was probably different, you know, how you received it and then how Connor got it was totally different. But that's exactly how I would interpret that too, right? Where, you know, the soul is kind of like, okay, I'm going to give this message to mom. I'm going to give this message to mom. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe she's receiving it, but maybe she's kind of, and sometimes that's like very real, right? Where it's like, there's two people involved in the, in the process. And so I always tell people like, ask them to help your partner along, you know, in whatever that looks like in terms of like being ready or the timing or whatever. So, you know, she went on her way and she was like, dad, let's, let's rock, you know? And and then he kind of got that message and got initiated too. So I think that this, I see this happen all the time where, you know, these, these energies start to work with this parent, these parents in this way. But however, like you said, not everybody is um, kind of, uh, how would I say that? Not everybody is necessarily feels prepared to kind of listen in the way that maybe you did. And I think that that it does take kind of um, a, a honing of our ability to listen to our heart, to listen to our intuition, to listen to our inner voice. But then it's also kind of like, you know, Connor is just, he's, that just sort of came through for him. Like he didn't really have to do anything, you know? So I think what I call it is I call it leaving space for, um, for receptivity with the, with the energies of these children, leaving space for what quiet receptivity, which is letting them kind of, you know, drop things into your consciousness and into your awareness. But then you also have to be willing and ready and available to kind of receive what it is that they're dropping in for you, whether that is a timing piece or, you know, I've had so many people who are like, like you, they have transfers coming up and, you know, their doctors are like, we're doing this transfer on this date. And their intuition is like, the timing's not right. You know, we either need to push it back or I'm going to ovulate early or I'm going to ovulate late or, you know, the, the, it's actually meant the transfer is meant to go the next month or whatever. And so I think that there is a, anybody who's gone through it will, has had that experience where they've kind of actually received information from the soul of their child knows what we're talking about. But anybody who's kind of new to that, I think that if you just start to practice or get in touch with what it feels like to actually listen to, um, you know, other forms of intuitive information or other forms of intuitive nudges, it can be then easier that when you're looking to kind of have this relay or this communication with the soul of your child to actually go, okay, that's what they're telling me. And maybe it doesn't make sense on paper or the doctors are telling me not to do it or, you know, my partner isn't ready yet. And they'll kind of, they'll start to drop those things. And so I think it takes, I really do think it's like anything, it takes practice and learning to actually trust what you are having a real communication. I think for some people, it can feel so non, non-physical. Like I talk about this in the book, like when we're talking about, like, let's say our loved ones in spirit who we knew and we knew they were like in the flesh, they were these real people. It can be easier for people to kind of get on board with that concept of like, okay, I'm gonna ask my mom for support, or I'm gonna ask her for an answer. And then when we're talking about kind of this amorphous kind of a non-physical being, you know, and it's like they're giving you direction. I think sometimes that can be hard for people to get their mind around. Um, but more and more as you continue to build that relationship, this be this little being becomes this this energy becomes more and more real to you. And sort of like this is really the soul of the child that's about to come into my family in whatever form. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. No, it does. And you know, it's so interesting because I feel like we have such an opportunity as parents to be in conversation with our children at any given moment. Like, I feel like I'm talking back and forth with Ro and she's nine weeks old now. You know, I feel like I'm totally in conversation with her. I'm like, what do you need? Okay. And then, you know, I just respond. And I, I really felt that even before I was pregnant and I felt like I was 
pregnant with her before I was pregnant physically because I had felt her for so long. I mean, I've done readings with you for years and she's always been there. She's always been, you know, flying around in my energy, just like waiting for me to say yes. And I felt like this pregnancy, so much of it was Connor and I being on the same on the same page, the timing being right, and both of us saying yes at the same time. And so one of the things that I did was the night before our transfer, I created this entire ceremony, which you know, but I created this whole ceremony in our living room and we lit candles and I got all this eucalyptus and greenery and flowers and I made this circle and Connor and I sat in the middle of it and we had this love knot that Peyton Callahan, who did the blessing and prayer at our wedding, she had created for Connor and I and it was just just infused with so many herbs and love. And so I put that in the middle and I had all these candles and then I had Connor and I each write a letter to the baby, whatever we wanted. I didn't put parameters around it, but I just, I wanted us to invite and welcome in that soul and let that baby know mom and dad are ready for you. And I felt so strongly about doing this. And Connor was kind of this is silly. I don't know. (laughs) And I said, look, we're doing this. (laughs) I want this baby to know we're freaking ready. And so we did it. And it ended up being one of the most potent experiences of both of our lives. I remember I was sitting across from him while we were writing the letters and I saw his grandmother drop in on one side of him. And I saw my grandmother drop in on the other side. And it was just like this powerhouse of space being held. And it was an acknowledgement of this thing that was happening. Yeah. And I felt so taken care of and held in that moment. And after we were done with the letters, we put them together and then we just held each other and we were listening to sort of ceremony music and just being really present with one another. And I remember after he looked at me, he said, I'm really glad we did that. Like, I really loved that. And obviously everyone knows that we got pregnant after that, but it just seems like moments like that, we have a real opportunity to invite and to welcome and to create the space, not just on a physical level, but on an emotional level to acknowledge, okay, we're going to make this decision as a family, you as this baby coming in, us already on the earth plane. How can people do more things like that? Yeah. That's a great question. And I love you sharing your experience because I remember that and you sending me pictures of it. It's just so beautiful. The night before your transfer, which you obviously had a very unique opportunity to do that because you knew kind of like potentially when your conception date would be. And I, but I think that anybody can do that, whether you're trying to conceive naturally or, you know, if you're doing a fertility treatment of some kind, an IVF or an IUI or, you know, an egg retrieval or whatever, like whatever it is that you're, you're doing, I think that anybody can create ceremony around it. And and what I really love about your experience and what you created is that you're exactly right. It's like, you know, a soul being conceived that there's, that's, we're doing that kind of here down on the physical plane of like, welcome. I'm so happy. I can't wait to welcome you. And, and we love you and whatever you're writing the letter of, I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to support you through your life. I can't wait to have you join our family and all of these things. And, you know, I think that we, we, can sometimes forget that this is like, this is, this is, yeah, this is a child joining your family, but this is also a soul kind of agreeing to come in and have, you know, hopefully 80 to 90 to a hundred years of life. Like this is a big, 
beautiful commitment. This is a huge moment for them as just as it is for you, just as as it is for the parents. And so I think that anybody can kind of use their own intuition, just as you and Connor did to create ceremony preconception, whether that's the night before a transfer or whether that is like just you and your partner, like before you come together. And, and you're intimate, like maybe this is just sort of like you're saying to each other, we are like consciously going to, to call this child in in this in this next like conception child, like in this next conception cycle. We're really looking to or we're really ready to welcome the soul in and, you know, maybe also communicating with the soul and just the soul is like, yeah, I'm ready too. like, let's do this. And I really I talk about this all the time that it really is like teamwork. It's you and your partner coming together, but then it's also you and your partner kind of welcoming and the soul or souls if, you know, somebody's having twins or multiples or this sort of thing you're coming together as a team and you're kind of blending and merging your energies together. And so I think it can look very simple. Like it can even just be as simple as like when you're intimate with your partner of just sort of like, you know, something that I will do is I'm just like, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. You know, every time my husband and I are, you know, on that little path right now, um, I'm, I'm ready for you, you know, like, like, thank you for, for, ready for you to come into our family. It can truly be as simple as that. It can be writing letters. It can be writing notes. It can be like something I recommend to some people is like getting little items that you'll eventually kind of, you know, use for your child. Like that could be as simple as like a pair of socks or, you know, a onesie or a hat or just something that I think can kind of make it real of like a future child. My my child is actually going to get to wear these socks or wear this hat or wear this onesie. It seems really simple and kind of physical, but it can really make a difference. It can be, you know, coming together and your partner sitting across from each other and just like sharing your wishes and hopes for your children. What do you want for them out of this life? How? What do you hope that they get to experience? What kind of love do you hope they get to experience? What kind of friendship do they do you hope they get to experience? Who in your life are you most excited for them to get to meet? Maybe that's your best friend or your mother or your father, or who are you so excited for them to have a chance to be an uncle or an aunt or whatever the case may be? Like These are all things that can be done. And I really just encourage people to use their intuition in terms of like, how can I'm just meditating on the simple question of how can I make this moment, this, this moment preconception or during conception, how can I make this sacred for both myself and my partner and also for the soul that's getting ready to come in. So I love that you, that you shared that and I still remember it. So, so beautiful. I can still see the picture in my mind of your ceremony. So it was the best. Oh God, it was the best. I'm so glad we did that. Quick pause, I want to talk to you all about my superpower. My superpower is seeing all the holes and streamlining things and getting really strategic for you, whether it's your life or your business. And I help you see what you want to do, not what you think you should do, which is actually a huge issue. Whenever people come to me, clients through Soulfire or one-on-one clients, and they feel like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, or I should do this, or my business needs to look this way. I really hope you get to the heart of the matter and your why. What is driving you? What's your catalyst? And I am here to really see you and challenge you and remind you of who you are, what your magic is, and what you really want to do, and how you're going to support other people in that way. I want to really get to the heart of what stories are blocking you from your greatest success. And here's the thing, I've been this entrepreneur, you feel like your business is falling apart because you don't have someone to look at it in a raw and honest way. 
And I am here to call you up and out of your bullshit in your business and your life. So if you feel like, wow, I'm kind of at this standstill. I feel a little bit stuck. I'm not really sure what the next step is. I have found success, but then what? I feel isolated. I need someone else to come in and be like, this is what's wrong. Here is how we fix it. I'm your person. And I'm hosting my first ever fucking mastermind. I'm so excited. Imagine a six-month mastermind for visionaries. If you are interested, this is a five-figure investment. But if you know you are ready to take your business and your life to the next level and cultivate the visionary within you and imagine what's possible for your business, this is the place for you. I am so excited to be offering this. Oh, it's going to be juicy as fuck. Message me if you want in. Also, let me talk about Organifi. Oh, Organifi, what would I do without you? You guys, it's really just, it's really just the best, especially when you're a busy ass mom who's trying to do all the things and your baby may or may not be going through a four month sleep regression. Holy shit. The memes were not joking on Instagram. Uh, it is real. <laughs> and I need protein to sustain me so that I don't drink seven cups of coffee a day. So here comes Organifi Protein. Vanilla, chocolate, whatever your favorite thing is. I mix it with raw milk, peanut butter, banana, ice. Lord help us all. It is the fuel I need to get my ass back and keep my ass awake. <laughs> I highly recommend if you're looking for a really clean, amazing protein supplement into your life, their protein powder is the best of the best. And it actually tastes really good. It's not chalky. It's not disgusting. I've tried them all. Let's be real. So go to the link in the show notes. You'll get 20% off of Organifi. You know, we had a really interesting experience, as you know, with our entire pregnancy um, in general, but the birth process was wow. Yep. <laughs> For those of you listening to this, if you haven't listened to Connor and I explain the entire process for an hour and a half, <laughs> it's over on OK Babe. Highly recommend listening to that because that's the whole thing. Um, but what I want to focus on here is Ro told me I want to come this year. Ro told dad I want to come this year. So we moved up our our transfer date. And then a few months later, I started to have all these feelings that she was going to come early. And it wasn't like a, Hey mom, I'm coming early. You know, like that. It was just the sense of she's coming early. This, I'm not going to go full term. She's coming early. She's coming early. And it was just over and over this feeling I had. And I went into labor for the first time <laughs> around Thanksgiving and I was due Christmas Eve. And I had up until that point told everyone that, you know, that I'm close to and our midwife and doula and friends like you, like, yeah, I just don't think we're going to go the whole way. Like one, I think she's just going to be big because Connor and I are six, four and six, one. But two, I just really feels to me like she wants to come early. And everyone just kept saying, you know, babies on the first time, they just don't come early. Like they're always late. They're always late. And I was very sensitive to that feedback because it made me question myself and it made me distrust myself and it made me 
really question my relationship of communication with my child. And I did not like that. And it actually made me very angry every time someone would respond with that. And I think there are certain people that were trying to be like, you know, set your fucking expectations, bitch. Like you might go 42 weeks and you're going to want to like explode at that point, just so you know. So I, I totally get that. And yes, very often first time moms, babies come late. But I was just so clear on this. And so I eventually go into labor for almost six weeks before Roe was born. Come to find out she was trying to be born. My time. body wasn't allowing the it. The whole time. I know. The whole time. Can you imagine, like all those contractions like that we were talking about when you would text me and be like, oh my God, I just had the most intense night. Like I thought that was going to be it. And then they stopped. Like I was thinking about that, listening to your podcast and just talking to you about it afterwards. Like that was her basically like knocking on the door of your cervix being like, I'm trying to get out, you know? Yeah. 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 And it was, I had all this scar tissue that was basically blocking my cervix from fully dilating. And that's why we ended up home birth to hospital transfer, all these things. But I look back and the thing I really want to touch on here is this self-trust and trust with you and your baby. There's so much within the system, and this is a whole other fucking podcast. (laughs) There's so much within the birth system that makes moms question ourselves. And it forces us to be in this state of doubt. Like, I'm not doing this right, or I did that wrong, or no, you shouldn't think that, or that's not okay. And And so we're just in this cycle that is perpetuated by doctors and even midwives and doulas and friends and people who some of them are very well intentioned, but they don't infuse a sense of self-trust. They infuse question yourself. And what I learned in this whole process, once I realized I was right and I fucking knew I was right, is that we get to trust ourselves and we get to trust our babies even before you conceive. How do we do a better job of that? How do we really step into that self-trust? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's very powerful that you're, you know, that you shared your story in the way that you did and kind of had the, the you're like, I, fe- I always felt, I felt this all along, you know, I felt this all along and, and then kind of having people be like, oh yeah, Kelly, actually, whether they are, they're saying this to you or not, they're kind of like, oh shit, you know, she was, that was actually a thing that was happening. So, and you're right. I think that that the, I mean, the entire spectrum of conception through pregnancy to birth is just so uh, distorted in terms of really empowering women to trust their body and trust their baby. I mean, ultimately, the thing that I think about a lot is like, everybody else is just on the outside kind of looking in, you're actually carrying this, this child inside of your body, you have the most, no matter what the tests say, or the, you know, the this or the that, it's sort of like a mother really knows her experience and the baby's experience the best uh, through, through trusting her, her intuition. So I think that, um, I think that we, we definitely need a lot of, of a lot of work in this area. I think it's also just that there's so much fear, you know, there, there, there's so much fear that's infused into this process. And we've kind of gotten away from, from really infusing the process of, of birth and pregnancy and all conception and all of the things with like, this can be easy and this doesn't have to be scary. And this doesn't have to be like something that goes wrong or, you know, you always have to like, you know, it just doesn't go the way that you want. And I'm certainly there's an element of the whole thing, pregnancy, birth, et cetera, conception that involves some surrender. But I also think that we should be actively 
as a society, as friends, as midwives, as doulas, empowering the mother or empowering the person who's trying to conceive from day one of, you know, your body knows exactly what it's doing. And I want to I want to trust the authority of what you feel before I and I kind of share my perspective or my authority onto you. And I think that that's a very powerful thing as somebody who's interacting with pregnant women or women who are kind of just getting ready to give birth. You know, I've talked to like through the things that I share about on my page, I've had like, you know, labor and delivery nurses be like, wow, I never thought of it this way. And I'm going to now talk to the patients that I'm treating in a completely different way because they're just like, you know, I think there's a certain like, in some situations, there's a certain conditioning of just like, this is how we treat people, or this is how we talk to them, or like, you know, first time moms never go into labor early, or, you know, second time moms always labor is quicker. You know, I just think it's like, again, it's this problem of we try and condense everybody's experience into this sort of like black and white binary of like, it's always like this for this people. And it's always like that for this people. It's like, how about everybody is an individual and every, every mother's experience is individual and every baby's experience is individual. There's like this really sacred imprint of individuality on every experience. And if we can really start to look through that lens, whoever we are, friends, you know, doulas, midwives, whoever, I think that that's when we start to, I think sometimes people get lazy, you know, it's just like easier to see it. Like this is just always what it is. First time moms always go early or go late or whatever. It's just, it's like a little bit lazy to me. You know, it's just sort of like, I don't really know what else to say. So I'm just going to say this. And so I think if we are in the position and we're talking to like a friend who, you know, is about, is trying to get birth or is pregnant or they're having a, you know, they don't want to do, I don't know, they don't want to do the gestational diabetes test or they want to do it a different way. It's right. I trust you to trust your body. Like that's just a very simple, beautiful thing to say. And it just sort of turns it back on them where they, maybe they had a moment where they were kind of wobbly in that belief. And then that kind of simple thing can just bring them back of like, oh yeah, I trust me and my body too. And I, and I trust that I know kind of what's going on with my baby. And I trust that if I do this, this is not going to harm them. Or if I don't do this, this is not going to harm them or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's, it's, I think we made a lot of progress definitely in, in this area, but I think there's still a lot to be made. And I think that we could even macro that too. And going outside of just the conception, pregnancy, birth experience, and just kind of go, you know, why don't, why don't we macro that out to trusting ourselves and our authority primarily before any other external authority? You know, that would solve a whole lot of problems, especially of the last couple of years, too. So, yeah, it's we've made a lot of progress, but I think those are some things that that we could change to have sort of a more streamlined and beautiful experience for mothers where because they need that too. The last thing I'll say on that is they need that mothers need that moving forward into, uh, into everything that comes after the baby is here too. sort of like, you know, I, that's when the time of like a mother's instincts and intuition is one of the most important things. And so if we can really nurture that and nourish that during pregnancy, birth and be, and kind of after that fact, I think that that can really serve, um, serve mothers and children as well. Yeah. You know, I think we've talked about this book before, Journey of Souls. It's like my Bible. I am so obsessed. If you have not read it, please. So good. But basically the concept is that we all choose the life we have and we choose the people we're in relationship with. So babies choose their parents. Parents choose each other. Parents choose babies. Emily and I choose to be friends in this (laughs) life. Maybe we're lovers in the past one. One could only hope. And it's awesome. But it really speaks to we're all in choice. And our souls kind of from above say, okay, this is 
what life can look like. And these are the choices I'm going to make based on these lessons I need to learn. And what I loved so much because I'm really cool, I got an advanced copy of Emily's book already. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I've only gotten through the beginning, but I saw the dedication and I don't remember exactly what you wrote to your parents, but it was basically like, you know, we chose each other and, you know, something like that. And I loved that so much because I really, I don't believe in coincidence. And I really do believe that we choose these relationships, whatever they are, for a very specific reason. And that's part of why I feel so called to be in conversation with the babies, because this is such a conscious choice. It's not happenstance to me. That's what I believe. So what is your take on that as babies are coming in and they are making that choice to be with those parents? And how does that affect things like fertility issues and miscarriage or a baby is like, just kidding, never mind, I'm going to go this different route. So conscious choice. Yes. This can sometimes um, be hard for people to kind of really, really get like one of the things that I talk about in the book is like, you know, you've chosen your parents, whether you like, whether you like that fact or not, you know, I think that it can sometimes be particularly difficult for people who have had traumatic child, extremely traumatic childhoods, or, you know, had childhoods filled with abuse or, or this sort of thing. And, and what I learned through my process and also just in my research is that, like you said, we choose everything, everything down, down to the incredibly fine, fine, fine details of our lives. And I think that when sometimes I have people who are kind of like, like I said, they have kind of whatever their knee jerk reaction to that statement is. And they might feel angry. Why would I choose this? How could I choose this for myself? This makes no sense. Why would I choose to like be this or have this experience or or this sort of thing? And I think there's like kind of a there can be a moment of like anger and and sort of confusion and all this sort of thing. And then and what I find is sometimes those people actually come back around after they've gotten over their sort of initial like resistance to that idea. And it actually becomes sort of an empowering thing of like, wait a second, my soul knew exactly what it was doing when it set up all of the circumstances for my life like this. And it's not like truly, I mean, ultimately, I know this is so annoying, but one of the greatest ways that we learn as souls is through is through challenge. And so we set up these challenges for ourselves. I always picture it as like, you know, running track and like, you know, jumping over the hurdles. It's like you set up very intentionally these hurdles for yourself as, you know, things to kind of help you continue the evolution of yourself as a soul and continue to to learn, which, you know, then some parents think about that and they kind of think about like, oh my gosh, my child is having, you know, issues with XYZ or they're having a health issue in the first 10 years of their life or they're you know, getting bullied or, or, or this or that. And it can actually be really hard for the parent who kind of wants to like swoop in and save the child from that experience and kind of go, oh my gosh, no, like, I don't want you to suffer. Of course, as like parents, no matter where you're at, you look at your children and you're like, I just want to keep you safe. And I want to, I want to make sure you're healthy. And I want you to know that you're loved and all of these things. And I think that can be kind of hard to reconcile. And so what I say to parents often is like, you know, trusting not only when we kind of macro this and go into trusting the decisions that you made as a soul before you came into your life and the parents that you chose and the friends that you set up for yourself and the the challenges that you set up, but also the beautiful things that you set up for yourself to experience, the beautiful opportunities that you set up for yourself to experience, and also trusting that 
your child did the same thing for themselves. And, you know, and, and however you choose to communicate that to your child, where it's like, you know, you can start communicating that concept to them very early on. I think that a lot of children are like, right on board with that. Many children that I talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was with the, you know, I was talking to this one child, and they were like, yeah, when I was with the with the angels in the sky, they were, it was just like matter of fact, like, yeah, when I was up with the angels in the sky, it's just like, they're like, yeah, of course. And so I think if we can kind of create this empowerment of our children very early on of like challenges, aren't, um, something to, you know, fall that we're a victim to those challenges or like, oh my gosh, this thing happened. And that we can really, kind of see this is like one of the one of the things that I believe personally about my life. I don't always like it, but I but I do believe this that we can we can kind of meet and take every challenge that comes our way and kind of look it in the face and just go like bring it on. Like I I know that you're going to teach me something and you're going to bring me something on the other side of this and I can actually feel kind of like excited by challenge in some ways which is kind of little, you know, like some people are like why why I think we can really like that is really how the soul chooses to learn. And so anyway, it's a long way of saying basically that not only do we choose all of these things for our lives, but so do everyone around us and so do the souls of our children. And I think that we can really um, start to communicate this concept to our children very early on so that they can understand that they're a powerful, powerful creator of their experience and of their reality and that they want to experience this life in this body and this family with these siblings and these friends in this geographical location. And what a beautiful thing that is. And it's also just sort of like figuring out why did I want to experience this going a little bit higher than that? Why did I, why did I need this challenge? Why did I need the challenge of a chronic illness or getting bullied or, you know, I don't know, any, any of these other kind of experiences that, that we may have throughout, throughout life. So anyway, yeah, it's a trip when, and again, like maybe initially, if you've never heard of that concept, you may be kind of like, F you, you know, I've had people like be like, F you for saying that. Like, that's like, mm-hmm. why would I choose this? You know, and I, and I get it because I had before I understood I had moments like that, too. So, yeah, it's definitely a mind fuck yeah. if it's the first time you've ever thought about that. But to me as a parent now, it um, it feels even more empowering to have that perspective because I know that as little as she is, and she's never even spoken a word, although she's really trying hard to say mama right now. She is, girl. So I'm here for that. (laughs) She hasn't even said a word, but I want to instill in her that she is always in choice. Yeah. And that she does have the power to take responsibility for all of that. Yes. And I do as well. And so it takes a conscious parent to help a conscious child and to curate that experience and to deeply understand that so that when she comes to me with these questions, I have the ability to give her a framework. It doesn't mean I'm going to say you have to think like this. You also have to believe this because mom says it's the right way. But to say you have the ability to take responsibility for your own life and you have the ability to be in choice. And no one ever said that to me. Mm. I had the opposite. It was no, you get to be in a codependent relationship with mom who makes all your decisions for you. And there is never a sense of empowerment and there is never a sense of self-trust. And I always want her to be able to trust herself and her knowing and her intuition. And luckily I have people like you who teach me about connecting with that, connecting with your spirit and your soul and your intuition and, and your body and really sort of melting into that. 
knowing and I I really appreciate that. So thank you for all of this. You are just such a gem and I'm so excited to read the whole book. What's the name? <laughs> the Tell name everybody. The name of the book is A Cosmic Bond and Ooh! I know. And it is that because I mean there's a lot of different ways that I think the title has more meanings than just one, but to me this is you and your children, you and the souls of your children have had and just and we could also say that you and the souls of your parents had a special have a special bond and a special contract for you to be the one that brings them into life and that bond exists and exists existed beyond just the current kind of experience that you're having with them now it's infinite there's an infinite cosmic mystical bond that you have and you can have with the souls of your children and that that is there whether you know about it or not and it's exploring how to enhance that communication and understand that bond and that connection how to communicate how to trust yourself how to receive how to support these children in their first few years of life just as you're talking about and that is one of the t- things that I talk about in the book too that you said of just you know having Ro being able to come to you and and knowing that she's going to be able to have her parent or have her parents you know kind of empower her into choice and self-responsibility and self-trust it's just so beautiful. And I think, I think also one last thing I'll say is I think that the conscious parenting kind of like, like there's just a lot of information there. And if, and if a person was like, what is one thing that I could do to support my children more consciously? It would be exactly what Kelly said, which is knowing that, you know, your children are going to come to you with questions and they're going to come to you with issues and problems and, you know, whatever existential crises and all these things. And that you can give them, turn it back on them and say, well, what do you, what do you think? What do you want to do? Or what does your gut say? What does your belly say? What does your heart say? And it can be as simple as that. But that is mm. the, that Cosmic Bond is the title of the book. I'm so yeah. excited. Do you have a date for when it's coming out yet? It should be. We're still kind of trying to nail down the actual official date. It will be sometime between the end of May and mid-June. So it's, it's somewhere in that timeline. That's so soon. I know. It's very soon. It's kind of Holy shit. it's crazy because there's so many things that have to be done still, but it's okay. It'll all happen. I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. you. I you know, just writing a book is just so much and labor of love and truly birthing something and it's gonna help so many people. So everyone make sure you are following along with Emily so that you can, you know, be first on deck to get that book. Are you doing any more Spirit Babies events too? Yeah, I think I'll probably have one in the spring. It'll probably be kind of like a book launch type event one. I might even like send out a copy to everybody who comes, an advanced copy sort of vibe. So that will be probably, I would say, April, you know, early May will be kind of when the next one's coming up. So yeah, we already had Mm -hmm. one end of January. And then the last one before that was in August. So I try and do them like three, four times a year. I highly, highly recommend not just getting the book, but also attending a Spirit Babies event. Emily doesn't do a ton of one-on-ones. She's highly coveted (laughs) and desired and doesn't have 700 hours a day. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So this is really the best way to work with her. If you're trying to conceive and connect with your Spirit Baby, I've done many of them, like I said earlier. They're really, really beautiful and incredible and, and very moving. So I highly recommend that. Thank you so much for being the first guest on this show. I love you so much. And thank you you for helping me birth the best baby ever. So the best. She's the best. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to meet her in person this summer, this summer. 
And I love, love you. Too. And I'm so excited for you on the on the relaunch of your show. And I think I've been on almost every iteration of Kelly podcast, except for one. So I feel pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty excited about that. I mean, thank you yeah. for doing that. You were the best. <laughs> love you. <laughs> love you.